Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Clint Wolfley, Chief Safety Officer at UCOR, about UCOR's approach to safety. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Clint Wolfley, Chief Safety Officer at UCOR. Welcome, Clint, to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Great to have you. Um, before we start talking about uh, sort of uh, you know, UCOR just recently won the uh, Moving Beyond Compliance Award from our uh, from our Safety Standout Awards program, but I uh, wanted to ask you uh, to tell me a little bit about yourself and UCOR. Yeah, you bet. Well, we're we're honored and, and still uh, celebrating the award that uh, we were uh, given here last month, and uh, want to uh, say thanks again for the committee and and for all the folks that uh, look through that. I know that's not an easy job to go through and uh, there's so many good companies out there that are doing the right thing um, so we were honored just to even put our name in the hat and then um, you know tickled to be selected as the winner so um, we're like I say we're still celebrating it but uh, we're located in uh, East Tennessee just right outside the Knoxville area um, we're um, company name is called uh, United Cleanup of Oak Ridge we are a environmental management cleanup company focused in on supporting the Department of Energy on um, a lot of field remediation, legacy uh, infrastructure, and um, really just cleaning up the, the efforts from the Cold War era um, that you know our nation was uh, so actively in pursuit of um, decades ago. And um, mm-hmm. what's left over after that is a, a, a lot of facilities and infrastructure that needs to be uh, uh, taken care of. So that's what we've been chartered to do. Um, we are in our year number two of uh, doing that mission for the Department of Energy. We've we got a long history with with our owners. Um, um, we we have tie into Jacobs Engineering and and our uh, primary owner of UCOR is Amentum, um, <laughs> which is associated with uh, a number of other legacy companies. But uh, we got about 2,500 employees here. And um, range from technical staff to uh, to field implementation to you know just all disciplines you could think of that that support the the nuclear industry. Um, so before we kind of get into specific programs, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about UCOR's approach to workplace safety. Yeah, I'd be happy to. We you know we we take an approach that uh, I, I think is fairly unique. Um, we. We expect excellence in not just safety, but in everything that we do Um, in in so much that we a couple of our taglines we have are are focused on excellence, um, culture of excellence, pursuit of excellence, and really just putting our best foot forward each and every day uh, for every activity and every task every time. Um, And so when when you have that approach and you have, uh, you know, the leadership that, that supports it, a client that supports that and expects that. Um, you know, everybody comes to work, you know, with their with their their game face on, ready to ready to to go to work. Um, so as we approach, you know, the safety aspects, we know that safety and operations play hand in hand with one another. Um, they're not mutually exclusive. So we know that if we're safe, we're we're also being productive. Um, and if we're productive, we're also being safe. So mm-hmm. uh, that's really been our mentality as we've we've uh, ventured into um, a new contract here just not too long ago and really 
we're seeing some of the most uh, hazardous work uh, that our workforce has ever encountered uh, based upon the complexity of some of the facilities and and um, buildings that we we've been tasked to to go make safe so you know it's definitely a, a mindset uh, it, it starts with our with our client uh, the department of energy um, and then it's carried out by our leadership and and then ultimately ultimately our workforce uh, they they've got a long history of, of knowing what safe work is um, a lot of them have come from the mining industry or have had family members or, or few, uh, previous generations come out of um, West Virginia and, and northern Tennessee. Uh, so they know what safe is. They expect it. Um, and, you know, you can't ask for much better than that when you when you have a, a workforce that's willing to, um, you know, have a questioning attitude and a client that's willing to support you and, and then, you know, give you all the resources you need to be successful there's really no excuse not to uh, be excellent yeah um one of you could tell me about the mission ready program and how it improved safety at ucor yeah so back in um 2017 2018 time frame uh we we put together a working committee of a diverse group of of employees ranging from operations to to union members, to professional staff, and you know, each year they they'll come up with uh, initiatives and and focus areas or goals for that upcoming year. And you know, one of the one of the areas that they had identified uh, was in um, <clears throat> mental, behavioral health, emotional health, and then overall physical health. And so this work group, um, they actually came up with, with the slogan of Mission Ready. Um, tailored a little bit after uh, some patriotic um, uh, Hollywood videos that have come out, you know, to kind of keep it fresh. Uh, but really was focused in on making sure initially you yourself were ready to go every day, every task, every time. And from that, they they come out with you know, different aspects that uh, really hone in on what makes an individual qualified, trained, and in the right mindset to approach high hazardous work. Um, so we, we kicked that initiative off. It was immediately accepted by the workforce. Um, uh, they, they appreciated it. They wanted more information on it. Um, so it just continued to develop to where it is today. And we, we keep that program going. And really actually helped us tremendously, not knowing at the time, um, but it helped us come into what we all experienced, which was the, the global pandemic. Mm. Um, you know, we we had already implemented daily self-help checks through our Mission Ready program. Uh, we'd even expanded that out to not only looking at yourself, making sure you, you individually were ready to go at the beginning of each day or beginning of each work activity, but then also expanded it out to your coworker. Um, so being your brother's keeper or um, ensuring that your teammate is ready to go. We had implemented all of those aspects before the pandemic came. And so it was, uh, uh, I'll never say the pandemic was easy because it wasn't, um, but being able to utilize some of the, the, the best practices before we were told we had to do it, we were already implementing that. And mm -hmm. so some of the other controls that we needed to implement during the pandemic, 
or or less emotional or or less of an impact to to our workforce. Um, you touched on it a little bit uh, earlier, but how important is total worker health, and how did UCOR carry it out? Yeah, so we we utilize total worker health through our our mission ready program. Mm. Yeah, industry knows uh, uh, total worker health. That's the the tagline for our workforce. Um, we we utilize uh, mental or excuse me mission ready program, which is which is really total worker health. But we've expanded it on you know not just to the physical capability. You know a lot of our workforce they're they're dressed out in in PAPRs, respiratory protection. Mm anti-contamination clothing and permeables and they're going in some pretty um, contaminated and and very tight maneuvered uh, locations on a day-to-day basis pretty pretty demanding uh, from a physical standpoint um, so we, we know that that's important you got to be physically fit but also on the mental side um, and emotional well-being you know that was an aspect that um, we really uh, have, have spent a lot of time on over the last few years, and it continues to be an emphasis, um, not just here at UCOR, but all, but across the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, post-pandemic uh, impacts and what that has created, um, and you know, just society of where we're at. You know, th- those two parts play a big part into what what transpires at work. So, um, total worker health is is something that we've been we've been fully supporting for a number of years we're continuing to you know benchmark the best the, the best out there and and pull in those parts that are appropriate for for our workforce here in Tennessee uh, what are some ways uh that you kind of monitor sort of the the mental health of your workers obviously you know you mentioned it's very stressful you know you're working with uh you know a lot of very dangerous and hazardous materials um I imagine that has some impact on, you know, sort of the, the stress level of employees. How are you kind of uh, monitoring and sort of checking in on them? Yeah, one of the big benefits that we have seen here recently is we rolled out a first aid mental health training to our uh, management team, first line supervisors, superintendents. Um, we rolled out the first two courses of that. It really is an awareness training um, mm-hmm. for the folks that are directing the work or meeting with the em- their employees day in and day out. Uh, they're seeing them every morning. They're seeing them every afternoon and giving them the tools that they need to be able to see if there's a shift in behavior, in, in attitude, in overall worker health, and then having them you know, be able to have the right tools available to them to get help. Um, and I'll tell you that that has made a, a significant difference for us. Uh, that's a big reason how we monitor and it, it's a no fault, um, type of training, right? Uh, there, there's nobody that, uh, you know, is held, uh, to a, a discipline result or anything associated to it. It's all from a culture of caring. And, um, you know, if you see a shift in behavior of, of a, of a, a coworker, that's not routine, you know, there may be something going on and, you know, it just gives the supervision um, the right tools that they need to, to have the conversation um, and to, you know, create a, a welcoming environment that, uh, you know, things can be shared that need to be addressed. Um, 
we've expanded that on to our committees, our safety committees. We have quite a few here. Uh, we also have union safety advocates and and stewards. Um, you know, there was a demand and, and a request that that be expanded out to them as well. And we said, absolutely. Um, you know, the more awareness that we can bring to this, um, you know, it, life happens. Um, and, you know, it may not be me today that, that is struggling with something, but it could be tomorrow. And, uh, you know, a lot of times with mental or, or behavioral concerns, uh, the individual that's having that concern oftentimes doesn't recognize it. And so, you know, it's up to up to your community and uh, we spend just about as much time with our work family as we do our own families at home. So, um, you know, we all want each other to go home the same way that you come and maybe even more healthy. So, you know, given given some tools to identify, um, you know, some of those early indicators of mental or behavioral health issues has been a, a really big benefit for our workforce. What kind of impact did the pandemic have on the mental health of, of your workers? I know you were you, know, you mentioned that from a safety standpoint, you were, you know, somewhat prepared just because of the safety protocols that you already were using. But um, what about from a mental health standpoint? Yeah, I, I think everybody has, um, you know, had their own individual challenge uh, through the pandemic, whether, you know, be frustrations or unanswered questions or just, you know, changing environment. And, you know, we were not immune to that, um, whether it be collectively as UCOR or as individuals. Um, but we were very fortunate that uh, we were able to get back to work safely, relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. um, due to the nature of our work, uh, you know, it, the, the atom never sleeps. So you always yeah, have yeah. people <laughs> supporting um operations such as that and um you know the benefit on it was we were we were already out ahead with a lot of the controls um, that needed to be made before they were publicly either recommended or endorsed by by the cdc or 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 state or federal agencies um so you know the biggest the biggest takeaway for us um as it related to the pandemic and management through that was ensuring that we were talking and communicating very, very frequently with all members of our workforce. Um, you know, we we had for a period of time a portion of our workforce teleworking, and we had uh, a portion of our workforce that could not telework that had to be on site. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, ensuring that you know our communications were were open, they were transparent, um, reachable to that group that was working the pandemic and. And sharing as much as possibly could, um, just to try to you know bring down the the level of anxiety and and concern associated being in being outside of your your home or or outside of your your community. Um, so we've we've carried that forward even even post pandemic of of just you know really striving to be as communicative as possible with change conditions. Um, and, and they happen a lot, whether it be environmental impacts, you know, weather or or, or other things of that nature. And, and, you know, really trying to just be very, very proactive on communicating with the workforce of changes that could impact, you know, their commute or or their um, ability to get to work or, or to be able to get home. Mm -hmm. um, one of the uh, bigger focuses of OSHA over the last couple of years has been um, 
heat related injuries and, and illness prevention. How has uh, UCOR dealt with uh, with that uh, topic? Yeah, heat stress is one of our primary hazards here in East Tennessee. You know, we're we're starting to kind of see and feel a little bit of relief um, from the heat this summer, but it's still uh, valid. You know, I'm not originally from East Tennessee and the first summer I spent here when you walked outside, it almost felt like you got punched in the face <laughs> uh, how hot and humid it was. And then imagine, you know, going to, to do work outside in those conditions. Um, we've doubled down on our efforts relating to heat stress prevention over the last three years. And, um, you know, there's a number of technologies now uh, that are available for remote worker monitoring physiological monitoring and really leveraging innovative technologies to give greater protection to to the workers who are exposed to conditions such as what we have in East Tennessee. Um, we doubled down on that a few years ago with um, with wearables and uh, it has paid off um, 10 to 1, maybe even higher than that. Uh, from regards of being more efficient, having a safer work environment, and then also tailoring a control to an individual. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's one of the greatest benefits of physiological monitoring that we've been able to identify is there have been a number of non-work-related conditions that have not been caught through traditional medical surveillance, but have been caught through the deployment of physiological monitoring or wearable technology, where an individual's heart rate may not have elevated where it should have. And under further evaluation, the individual has um, you know, been diagnosed with prediabetes or another um. condition that uh, may not have been caught in time to prevent an injury from happening at work or even at home. Um, you know, we've got an aging workforce just like the rest of the industry and um, the nation. Uh, and so, you know, wearable technology is, in my opinion, one of the greatest things that we have seen uh, this decade as it relates to improving the worker safety because it's individual based, you know, versus some of the more traditional methods of wet bulb monitoring, which is still a great tool, um, but it's not individual based. It's based on a collection of data points, whereas physiological monitoring, it knows me, it knows Clint, it knows where, you know, my age, it knows what my capabilities are, it knows what my heart rate is, and then it gives you a pre-notification pre before you get to a level that's going to cause injury or illness. Uh, so, yeah, I can't speak enough about, um, you know, the amount of technologies that have emerged over this last decade, and that being one that, in my opinion, has saved countless lives hmm. and prevented a number of, of unnecessary. Excellent. Um, wanted to ask you about uh, how UCOR sort of gets employees engaged in safety. I mean, I know you've talked about, uh, you know, Mission Ready and, uh, and some other programs, but, you know, what are sort of some of the ways to kind of get everybody on board with all of the things that you're doing to keep people safe yeah we there's not a one uh, 
or, or one key ingredient to it. it it's a multitude of initiatives, focus areas, um, you know, and I, I have to give credit to our industrial safety uh, department here at UCOR, which is led by uh, Leah Beckworth, um, probably one of the most innovative and creative thinkers uh, in, that I've worked with as it relates to keeping safety, personal safety at the forefront, whether it be at home or at the at work. Um, she does a tremendous job working closely with our local, we call them our local safety improvements, and those are committees throughout the company that are led by non-safety professionals. Uh, so it's led by uh, craft union workers, it's led by engineers, it's led by contracts people, it's led by human resources. Uh, there's various LSITs uh, throughout UCOR. And I think that's important, right, is that uh, you have engagement through all levels of the organization when it comes to safety. Well, Clint, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining me. Uh, this has been great. And uh, congratulations again on the uh, Moving Beyond Compliance Award. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. That wraps up episode 175 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope to join me next time.